We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, but right now, joining us uh, here on The Fan is Brady Henderson of ESPN Seattle, uh, ESPN NFL Nation. And uh, this juicy article we've spent the first hour talking about with Russell Wilson in Denver. Uh, Brady, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. How are you? What's up, fellas? Thank you for having me. Doing great. Do you think it's true that Russell Wilson uh, asked that John Schneider and Pete Carroll be fired? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think it is absolutely true that uh, to some degree he pushed for that. Now, I, I think anybody who has a baseline understanding of um, you know the circumstances around his departure and how the situation had uh, you know deteriorated um, his faith in the organization and all that, I, I think a lot of people would or may just assume that to some degree he wanted uh, one or both of those guys gone. And, you know, it, it was clear that, um, you know, at least from a philosophical standpoint, maybe not uh, personally, but from a philosophical standpoint, he and Pete Carroll no longer were seeing eye to eye. Um, it was also clear that, you know, he did not feel like John Steiner was doing a good enough job of, of putting, um, you know, the right team around him and wasn't signing the players that, you know, Wilson wanted him to sign, you know, never mind that GMs have to work around a salary cap and they can't just do everything the quarterback wants them to do. But um, I, and I don't say this to, to you know, downgrade the, the story at all because it was a fantastically reported story. Um, but that is it, it. And I believe that the reporting is 100% true. Um, it's just not all that surprising. I remember, you know, when I was writing the story uh, that I wrote on the Wilson Seahawks divorce last summer, um, I was told that same thing, that he, he tried to get Pete Carroll fired. Um, I didn't report it because I wasn't able to solidify it, and it sounds like they did. So, uh, you know, good on the athletic for that. Um, but it's it's just another, um, you know, unfortunately for Wilson, it, it's kind of another black mark in a, a year or so that's had quite a few of them. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, I know when he was there, there was some – you know, the Legion of Boom stuff and, you know, who's getting credit and then obviously the interception at the goal line. But did the did people behind the scenes, how much of this, because it, it seems like this has been problematic for years up in Seattle and it was just a lot rougher than anyone really knew or talked about. How much of this was kind of public knowledge that they just did a good job of keeping quiet or how much of this is once you leave and kind of the cracks start to form, people are, are willing to speak a little more freely? I think it's both of those things. And, you know, he was for most of that time playing at a high level and, you know, and the Seahawks were winning and, um, you know, that masked a lot of those things, but certainly anybody who covered the team uh, in depth was aware that, uh, well, I shouldn't say anybody, most people, because there were some reporters who uh, I hate to say it, but kind of had their head in the sand with this, but um, 
you know, I think most people who covered the team on a day-to-day basis realized that the tension was really brewing. And um, I don't think anybody should have been surprised that it got to the point that it did, especially when Wilson's play started to suffer. And it was one thing, it's one thing to make it work uh, with an unhappy quarterback when he's playing like a franchise guy. I mean, the the example I, I continue to go to is, you know, look what happened with the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers. That situation, I've said this before, was uh, was to- it was nuclear toxic compared to the Wilson situation in Seattle. And the Packers re-signed him uh, because he won the MVP the past two seasons. As the, the Seahawks stuck with Wilson because he was still playing at a high level um, and until he wasn't. And that was a big factor in the trade is th- their belief that he was a declining player and certainly um, – you know, the season that he had, I don't think anybody disagrees with that sentiment now. I, I will say, though, I think a, a big part of the the reason why his season was such a disaster, it wasn't just because of, um, you know, the, the physical skills are declining. It was just a bad fit. The head coach was in over his head. Um, Wilson had way too much control there. There's a lot of factors at play. There were a ton of injuries involved. Um, but that said, I mean, it, it, the trend line is what it is, and, and it's pretty clear that he is a declining player. Why did the situation in Seattle deteriorate the way it did? Well, it, it was a lot of things. It was it was Wilson's belief that, um, you know, the offense should be run differently than the way Pete Carroll wants an offense to run. Um, it was his belief that just the front office wasn't doing a good enough job of putting the right pieces around him. And, and, you know, I remember, I think it was a couple years ago at this time, uh, you know, he went public with his frustrations about the offensive line. And that, that, I mean, that was, uh, by that point, it was pretty well known that he was frustrated. That was just the first time that it really bubbled to the surface. And so I, I think on a deeper level, what was at play was that, you know, Wilson is a guy who, um, is a, he just has very high expectations of himself. And I think a lot of other quarterbacks, in his situation who had already built a hall of fame career uh, over, I guess at, at that point it was seven or eight seasons, whatever it was, who had already won a Super Bowl, been to another one, you know, been a perennial pro bowl guy signed massive contracts. I think a lot of quarterbacks in his situation uh, would have been content or at least content to the point that they didn't voice those frustrations and, and try to force their way out. Like he ultimately did. I think part of that was, the fact that he just has had such high expectations and such lofty goals, and it was really eating at him that he wasn't reaching those goals and he didn't feel like he was in a position to reach those goals in Seattle. Yeah, what wasn't he right about some of that, though? And I guess I could ask you, why, like, why couldn't he work with the organization better to get it right? I mean, why did it have to go so nuclear? You mean, in, it, well, I, I mean, I think it was, I think they could have if they if the if both sides wanted to they could have and again go back to the Rogers situation, you know they made it work because he was he was still playing at a really high level and and the Seahawks you know even before they traded him there were doubts growing within the organization about uh, his skill level and specifically whether or not it, it, it broadly it was how his game was going to age as he got older and as the mobility. Uh, waned in the of course the mobility being one of the big parts of his game and something that made him so dangerous they saw a player who just couldn't escape those sacks the way he could and and couldn't um, you know create the way that he could in his younger years and so they just felt like is this guy going to be worth the big contract that he's going to be due 
in a year from from at, you know the time they traded him, which would be now, uh, and they just felt like the time was right. And so certainly there was Wilson's side of it, and he wanted out. And uh, but they, you know, they they had to be willing to trade him, and they were. And in fact, you know that that conversation was being had in their building for at least a year or two uh, before they did. In fact, you know, as I reported and as other people have reported. Go back to 2018 when the Seahawks placed a call to the Cleveland Browns about uh, possibly trading Wilson for the number one overall pick uh, because they wanted to draft Josh Allen year that year. You know they were already starting to feel that he might be a declining player back in 2018, and so uh, this was a long time coming, both from Wilson's frustration and also from the Seahawks just wondering about how well his game was going to age. Is he well liked? Was he well liked amongst his teammates and coaches? I, I think he was respected, certainly the work ethic, um, the toughness and being there every day and, you know, being a really good face of the franchise. You know, it, look, the this, this story was written in 2017 about, um, you know, how there were certain players in Seattle's locker room that resented him because of they felt like, you know, the accountability wasn't there. They felt like he got the preferential treatment from Pete Carroll. Um, and just felt like he wasn't one of the guys. Now, I didn't hear that as much after that when a lot of those players who felt that way kind of moved on, and it was a younger team around him. Um, I, I think playing the way he did for most of his 10 seasons in Seattle certainly went a long way, and being as tough as he was and available as he was. Um, you know, Certainly there were guys who still harbor resentment uh, towards him just for some of those things that I mentioned, but I don't think that was – nearly as bad in the later years when a lot of those guys moved on. Uh, this is Brady Henderson, ESPN Seattle. Now, how, how much longer do you think Pete Carroll has? Or not has, is going to coach? You know what? That's, that's the hardest question to answer because if you would have asked me five years ago, I wouldn't have guessed that he would be coaching another five years, and he looks the exact same <laughs> now as he did back then. He has the same amount of energy uh, I mean, God willing, I have half that energy when I'm over 70 years old. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where, I mean, naturally you, you want to make a guess and put a, you put some sort of date on it because he's 72, and it's very rare for coaches to head coaches to coach beyond that. But I just don't see any end in sight in the near future, certainly not uh, anytime soon with the way, you know, just with how well this team is set up for the future with the great draft class that they had the two first round picks this year and the two second round picks, they're in a good cap situation. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, if he's, if he's still coaching in five years from now, I'd probably say I'm surprised, but, um, I reserve the right to change that opinion. And, you know, two or three years, if he, if he's still going strong the way he has been, what does Gino land on 25, 30, 32, where, I mean, I haven't heard anything other than he will be back in Seattle, but obviously he's he's never made a bunch of money. He's he's looking to get paid. He has, yeah, and that's one thing I, I've I've uh, reminded people of is you know he has been in the NFL for ten seasons, and I think he's only he's made less than twenty million dollars, which is a lot of money for ninety nine percent of uh, the people listening. But for you know an NFL quarterback. That's that's not that much money for how long he's been playing, and uh, you know seven million of that came this past season. And so I say all that to say that I just don't see him, you know, being in the position, and I don't blame him for this at all. But I just don't see him being all that willing to give 
some massive discount to, you know, uh, to stay in Seattle. I think it's going to have to be a, a fair market deal. Now, what that is, I don't know. I've, I've asked, you know, a handful of agents and, and contract uh, experts around the league and, the number, the range that they all have come in between is 30 and $35 million. Um, and when I, you know, we did this little quarterback simulation at ESPN where we tried to predict, you know, all the quarterback movement around the NFL. I, the, the deal I predicted for whatever this is worth uh, was three years and $90 million with $50 million guaranteed. So they basically would be committing to him for at least the next two seasons. And the third year would be, um, you know, sort of wait and see. And uh, that that's my best guess, and I'm sticking to it for now. Do you think that they will make a run at a quarterback in this draft? I think it depends on what happens with Drew Locke. And, and they certainly want to re-sign Drew Locke uh, for obvious reasons. I think he'd be an ideal backup for a number of reasons. One is that he has starting experience, uh, albeit not that great a starting experience, but he, he has that under his belt. He knows their offense, and he's got a ton of talent. And, you know, remember – they traded for him when they traded for him, when they got him in the Wilson trade, you know, one of the big reasons why John Schneider wanted to trade Wilson to Denver was because he wanted Locke. Locke was the quarterback he wanted in return. And a lot of people in that building uh, thought that he would and or should be the starter until Smith beat him out. And so they want to resign Locke. It's obviously going to depend on what kind of market he has. And the team that I would uh, keep an eye on is Tampa Bay. Uh, which just, of course, hired Dave Canales as uh, their offensive coordinator. He, was, of course, was the Seahawks quarterback coach. So there's a needed quarterback with Tom Brady gone. There's a pretty strong connection there with Canales. Uh, they don't have a ton of cap space. I think they're one of the worst shapes cap-wise. And so I think it would make sense for them to go for a cheaper veteran guy as opposed to, you know, a big free agent swing like Geno Smith. So, um but back to your question, I think if they re-sign Drew Locke and Geno Smith, then I wouldn't expect them to take a quarterback uh, before day three, if at all. If they don't re-sign uh, Drew Locke, but they do re-sign Geno Smith, then I can certainly see that, maybe even with that second first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that would be kind of counterintuitive when you're already paying Geno Smith a lot of money, but uh, it just would not shock me. So um, it, it depends a lot on Drew Locke's situation. Brady Henderson, ESPN Seattle. Uh, really appreciate your time down here. Did you guys get snow up there, by the way? Were you snowed in like we were? Uh, we got some snow, but not enough to get snowed in. It was just kind of, you know, a yeah. couple flurries here and there, nothing that really stuck for too long. So it's actually uh, very sunny in Seattle, and if you did not step outside, you might think that it's summer, uh, but it is freezing cold outside. Yeah, it's butt cold. All right. Thanks, Brady. Appreciate you. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thank you. All right, take care. Brady Henderson, he is with ESPN Seattle, NFL Nation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 